0: The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. It seems appropriate that on this Easter Monday, our guest should be Sharon Milliman. She's the author of A Song in the Wind, A Near Death Experience, and she has felt a profound love for Jesus for most of her life, and especially as the result of her three near death experiences and numerous encounters with Him on earth. Sharon was born in Ohio as the middle daughter of three girls. She's married, has two adult daughters, and lives in West Virginia. After retiring from her job in banking, Sharon became involved with a foster care program and has volunteered for many years at area hospitals and churches. She also spent several years as a home health caregiver caring for her parents, specifically her mother who passed away from end-stage Alzheimer's. Sharon has had three near-death experiences. The first occurred at the age of 13 when she drowned while taking swimming lessons. In 2005, Sharon was struck by lightning while talking on a cordless phone, and during her NDE, Sharon went to heaven and was greeted by her two brothers who had died as babies. She had a life review and saw and spoke with Jesus. And after her conversation with Jesus, he walked her to a wooded glen where she sat with God. They had a very lengthy conversation where much love and wisdom was imparted. Sharon's third near-death experience happened November 3, 2016, while she was undergoing emergency surgery. Sharon's written a book about her experiences, titled A Song in the Wind, A Near Death Experience. Sharon, welcome to NDE Radio.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Well, it's it's wonderful to have you. And uh it, it's a remarkable book, um, especially how it uh, it describes your your um connection and your communication with Jesus. But I thought because of uh uh, our limited time today, we might begin by describing uh, what happened to you during your first two near death experiences.
2: Um,
1: the swim instructor wanted me to dive head first in the 10 foot section of the pool, and I couldn't do it. I was really afraid to do it. And I had watched all the other kids diving head first, and they came out of the pool okay, but reason I was just too afraid to do it, and I kept telling him I just couldn't do it. And he told me he said, "Well, either you're going to do it or I'm going to throw you in." And oh, gee, he did. <laughs> he threw me in, <laughs> oh. and it, I just panicked when he once he did, and um, I took in a bunch of water, and it, I ended up sinking to the bottom of the pool. And, um, what happened was I'm laying at the bottom of the pool and, um, there was this beautiful light, um, after, well, I have to say that after I had taken in the water, I felt absolutely no pain whatsoever. Um, so I'm laying at the bottom of the pool and I felt like this, um, I was like wrapped in this blanket and... Um, I felt cocooned and it was really warm and I saw this beautiful light that looked like, at first it looked like a, a bright light bulb and, um, this light kept getting bigger and bigger and it kept getting, I don't know if I was going up to it or it was coming down to me, but, um, it just kept getting bigger and bigger and, um, and all I could feel was this, Immense love coming from this light, and um, what what else was really different? You know, from a, I was thirteen, so I had no no words to describe it really. But my mom was in the balcony um, where all the other parents were, which is on the opposite end of the pool, and I could see her face as if she was like right in the pool with me or right above me and Mm. I could see her, the horror on her face and I could hear her screaming. And then there was another lifeguard woman, lifeguard, and she had the um, two and three year olds and she was at the uh, other end of the pool, the shallow end. And I heard her screaming at the, um, my teacher and I heard her say, Bob, go in and get her. And, then I could see um, my teacher's face, and he was like frozen solid; he couldn't move. And then um, I heard all these children screaming and yelling and crying. And I could, but of course, I'm on the bottom of the ten foot pool. <laughs>
2: <and> <laughs> it was
1: really odd how I could see all this stuff happening, but wow. yet I'm on the bottom of the pool. And at the same time, this light was just getting closer and closer and closer and I was feeling all this love from this light and I just felt warm and cocooned and no pain whatsoever. And then all of a sudden I felt, I I heard this metal door slam shut and then I began to feel all this um, horrendous pain because what had happened was the lifeguard on the other end of the pool who had the middle-aged children he had jumped in, and he was pulling me out of the potter. Um, mm-hmm. He was doing the Heimlich <clears throat> or whatever it was that he was doing to get all the water out of me. Um, I was coughing up. Do
0: you think that slamming sound that you heard was, you're coming back into your body?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, I didn't know what it was, but I, at, now, after many years of... And, and, and having all these other near-death experiences, I, I know that's what it was. Um, yes. But um, the only memory I have after that was laying, being laid down on the um, concrete, and I was looking up and I saw all these feet, everybody's legs, and he had laid me down on the side of the pool and was uh, working with me to get me to breathe again.
0: And yes. Now, now, Sharon, your second near-death experience came many years later. And you were uh, you were married and uh, talking on a cordless phone. Let's jump to that one because th- this is a very much more detailed and exciting NDE, actually.
1: Um, well, that happened in 2005, and I was sitting out in my backyard, and I was talking on a cordless phone, and it had begun to rain, and... Um, I had asked my husband who was an electrician and he worked in an area plant and I had asked him, uh, my husband at the time, um, was it okay if I had talked on the phone while it was raining and he said it was okay, so I just continued talking and then I heard this loud crack and the lightning bolt came out of the sky and hit my right arm and then traveled underneath the house and blew out the transformer that was in front of our house and um, the the, um, the phone went flying and um, my spirit had just come out of my body. Um, and when it did, I traveled in, inside my house and everything in my house had this burnt gold look to it. And um, I knew that the ha- it was my house, that everything in my house was not my stuff curtains weren't my curtains, the furniture wasn't my curtains, and mm-hmm. um, I was sort of, well, I, I want to say floating, but I really wasn't floating. I was walking, but not on the ground. I was kind of walking above the ground.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was going through the house, and and I kept hearing this old-time radio show playing, like back in the 20s or 30s, you know, like the, the Walton area, and and I heard this this radio, and I kept thinking, "Where is that sound? There's no power and and i and I didn't know and my husband wasn't in the house, my children weren't in the house. I couldn't find anybody, and I didn't know where where does all this weird furniture come from and, and <laughs> what, what happened and this is my house, but this stuff is my not my stuff.
0: I thought this and, was uh, so so interesting when i re- read about it. Uh, do you think you went back in time to a previous owner and previous furnishings?
1: Yes, yeah, it, it, it was really, it was, it was very odd, and it was a- almost unnerving. And when I got to the point of being um, almost to the panic point, that's when I everything seemed to change, and I went into these beautiful pink and gold clouds. And um, and to answer your question, yes, I do believe that I had gone back in time. <laughs> it, was, it was very odd. And um, but, but then I did go into these pink and gold clouds, but I didn't go up and I didn't go down. I went laterally. I went sideways. Hmm. And I moved very quickly through those clouds. But there was this huge presence with me, very huge presence. And it was a very loving presence. And um, it just uh, I became one with this presence, and it just the love was just beyond. I, there's no words to describe that love. And um, as I was going through these clouds very quickly, I got to the end of the clouds. and um, at the end of the clouds, there were these two uh, two people that I met there. And they were um, two young men. Um, seemed to be in their like late twenties, early thirties. And um, they were my two. Br- At first, I thought they were uh, angels. And they were wearing this um, um, ivory linen clothing, and mm-hmm. it, it had a very tight weave uh, pattern. And it stuck out. and I don't know why it stuck out, but it stuck out. And um, but these two were not angels. They were my two brothers who had died as babies.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we had a, they looked like, um, like my young versions of my dad. Mm. And, um, it was just amazing to, to, that they, they greeted me and it was, um, like a family reunion. It was just amazing to see my two brothers. Wow. And, um, they, uh, once the, they greeted me, then we ended up uh, walking into this beautiful garden and everything was just so magnificently beautiful. And, um, the colors were so rich and vibrant. The flowers and the trees and the grass and, and the, it was like the most beautiful spring day you would ever uh, multiply that by 10,000. Um, and there was, um, um, of water streams and, um, trees and flowers and, and, um, the reds were redder and the yellows were more yellow and the, and the pinks were more pink and there were birds singing. (laughs) But what was more interesting about that was that, um, everything had a sound, um, like the leaves had a sound and the, the grass had a sound and the, the, uh, each color had a sound and and when you put all of those individual sounds together it sounded like a symphony and orchestra and um, it was the most magnificent orchestra I've ever heard it was like everything was singing praises to God it was just absolutely the most magnificent thing I've ever heard Wow but as then after that they um, they Uh, We walked a little bit further, and um, there were more people that seemed to gather, and um, these people knew me, and I knew them, but I didn't know where I knew them from, and um, but this huge presence was still with me, and this presence was formless, but the love was just still pouring, pouring, uh, just. Pouring out onto me and into me, and, and, um, but then, um, it was, there was like a movie screen and an old fashioned reel. Mm hmm. And, um, it began to, I began to see pictures, um, like, um, like an old fashioned movie, and it was my life review, and they showed me my life, and, it, w- it moved very quickly, and, um, but there was no judgment whatsoever. And I, that was uh, very interesting to me, very new to me, and I was really happy about that.
2: <laughs> and
1: um, I found that the, that was a revelation, that there was no judgment whatsoever, only love, only only love and huge love, very, very huge love, and, but I looked at my brothers and I thought, is that it? Because it was over, like in a blink of an eye, it was really fast. And mm-hmm. I, they were kind of grinning at me and I thought, that's it? That's all of it? And I thought, there's got to be more. And I thought, wow, my life must be boring.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, so uh, but then after that I heard a male voice say, um what you put out in the universe will come back to you. And um, then after that, um,
0: You're hesitating.
1: Oh, I heard a beep. I didn't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And after that?
1: Um, Well, after that, um, that's when um, Jesus that's when I saw Jesus. Okay. I saw him coming out of a beautiful grove of trees.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, wow, when I saw him, he, um, he walked up to me and he told me that he loved me and that he always had loved me and um, that not to be afraid. And, well, when I saw him, I all the other people that were around and my brothers, they seemed to kinda of disappear and because I only had eyes for Jesus at that point.
0: <laughs> now, now tell me what did what did he look like?
1: Well, um he had beautiful brown eyes, olive colored skin and um he was tall um and he had the most beautiful smile he didn't, he does not look like the um blonde haired blue eyed that we see on pictures yes he has so, had very long uh dark wavy hair and dark very dark beautiful br- uh brown eyes and uh dark olive colored skin
0: did he have a beard
1: yes he did have a beard it was a uh, short um closely uh beard, and he had a dimple when he smiled.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was very, very beautiful, very beautiful.
0: And what did you talk about?
1: Well, he said he told me that he loved me, and that he would always love me, had always loved me, and told me not to be afraid. And I just stared at him speechless. I just didn't even know. I was just overwhelmed by the amount of love that he had pouring out of him towards I just stood there hanging with my mouth hanging open
2: while he professed his love (laughs) for me. (laughs)
1: It was like at that point my brothers were, you know, my brothers disappeared and and everybody else disappeared because I was just staring at him and he walked me over to the this wooded glen, this beautiful wooded glen and um, that's where I sat down on this log and talking
0: to me. And Yes, now I found way. this I found this to be very interesting because you saw God as an embodiment of a person.
1: I did. Yes.
0: That's very unusual. <laughs> Usually God is is um manifests as spirit or light or but uh, go ahead and describe what you saw.
1: Well, Well, I was when I sat down. There, at first, there was just this man sitting there, and he had uh-huh. black hair, uh, shoulder length black hair, a beard, and he had blue eyes. He was wearing a robe and sandals, and he was sitting there. and Well, he had a stick, and he was drawing in the dirt. And he looked up at me, and as I was sitting down, and he said to me. Um, um, what would you do if it was just me and you? And I was like, "What?" Mm. <laughs> that kind of went over my head. I didn't understand what did he mean. But I knew instantly that this was God, mm. and and it was t- he was he was old. It was much older than than Jesus was, and but I knew that this was God, and and I you know, God, the father. And, um, I, when he said, what would you do if it was just me and you? And I was like, I was totally clueless what he meant by that. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? And, and he said, what would you do if it was just me and you? No parents, no children, no f- husband, no, um, you know nobody else no no, no one, just me and you, and I I thought for a minute and I was like, no, I would drive you crazy after the first ten minutes you <laughs>
2: know <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would just, I don't think that would work, and so he said, well." Well before that he he said, "Well, come with me, and let me show you something." So we got up and we walked for a few minutes and he showed me um, the whole universe It was kind of like he waved his hand and it was like taking a zipper like like taking a zipper and just opening up the opening up the world and he showed me the whole universe, and there was nothing but swirling gases and sparkling stars and spinning planets and And there was nothing, nothing, just, just this whole vast universe. And that's when I looked at him and I said, Oh my gosh, that's huge. No, I don't think so. That, that, after 10 minutes, that would drive you crazy. You would hate me after 10 minutes, but just
2: me and you and all of
1: this. That's just too big, you know. And he just smiled at me and he was so patient and so gentle, you know. And I thought, wow. Okay. So, so then we walked back over and we sat back down on the log. And I noticed this tree that was sitting in front of me and I saw this tree and and I was looking at it and I noticed the details and the, the little life giving veins in the leaves and I noticed the details of the trunk and I and the roots and the ground and I and what I saw was not just the tree but the individual parts that make up the whole part of the tree. And um and then my my view expanded further and and I could see everything and how everything connected and how everything was important to everything you know and I studied all of this and and I think that's what he was was wanting me to see how everything was connected to everything else and how important everything was you know
0: so you were the manifestation of everything at that moment to God so that it was just you and and him. Right. Because of the connection.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay, and, that that makes sense.
1: But then and then I then I come up with this this <laughs> this one thing and I and I don't even know why I said it because I've never I've never read the Quran in my life. I know nothing about the Islam tradition. I know nothing about this. I've never even seen the book, but I looked at God and I said, God, your hundredth name in the book of the Quran is God is everywhere, God is nowhere, and God is in me. And he said, yes, that's right. Hmm. And I was like, oh my.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I
1: looked back at the tree and I said, God, you're in this tree. You made this tree. So when I look at this tree, I see you. And he said, yes, and?
2: <laughs> I
1: was like, okay. So, so God, I started thinking about my parents, and I said, so God, so, well, then I went back to what I said about the tree. I said, God, you made this, uh, did I just say that? You made this tree. Yes. You're in this, okay, so I, <laughs> then I said, so God, you made my parents, you're in my parents when I See my parents, I see you. And he said, yes, and? So then I started, I said, you are in my husband. You made my husband. You're in my husband, so when I see my husband, I see you. He said, yes. So I started thinking further, and I started seeing, okay, there are people in this world who are cruel. They hurt other people. But yet, God, you've made these people. You are in these people So, when I see these people, I see you. He said, yes, that's right. So, he smiled at me and he said, now, I have a question for you. He said, what do you see when you look in the mirror? So, I said, well, my normal, to myself, I said, well, my normal response would be, me, just me, nobody important, just me. But that's not an acceptable answer. You just don't say that to the creator of all things, (laughs) So... I said, well, God, you made me, you're in me, so when I look in the mirror, I see you. And he said, yeah, that's right. And he was so happy. I mean, I've never seen such joy in any person's face in my life. So I was just thinking, wow, that's really awesome. I said the right answer, you know. <laughs> and um, so I guess what he taught me was that, and it was something that I'd always had difficulty with because I I guess in my adult life I had been taught by other people that, that I needed their approval to be happy and to, to find the goodness in myself with, with other people. And, but what God was teaching me was that I didn't need other people's approval, but, that I could find God's beauty in myself and that I am special and that I am beautiful and that I needed to remind myself that God doesn't make junk, that he doesn't create mistakes, that God that He loves me and sees me with perfect love, and that I even though I'm an imperfect being, that his love makes makes me you know makes my soul shine be- beautifully, you know, and that I don't yes. have to struggle with low self-esteem and that, his, that he's, He loves me being just who I am. Yes.
0: And what happened after that?
1: Well, um, so he was sitting there drawing with a stick, and he was teaching me how to trust him um, because I had learned in my adult life how hard it was to trust people. So I looked into his eyes, And his eyes were the bluest blue I had ever seen in my life. So I was looking beyond the surface and I could see. When I saw blue, I saw the the cleanness. I looked into his soul for just a minute and I could see the beauty and the cleanness of his soul. And I saw the spot, he was spotless and, and I could see um just the purity and the holiness of his soul for just one just one pure second and i was able the 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 fortress walls that i had built up around my heart and my soul just crumbled and i learned that i could trust god even though i couldn't i had learned how not to trust for just that one second, I learned that I could trust him above all people, above all else. I could trust him, and I just felt all of the the walls that I had built up over the years had just crumbled within that that one second. And then, it, it that that bonding that that took place between us, my I could feel my soul just soaring, and then. Um then he went, I turned my eyes away and he went back to drawing or doodling or whatever, those little symbols that he was doodling in the, in the, with that stick.
0: And then... Sharon? Uh, I, I'm going to have to stop you here because we're out of time, but I'd like to be able to invite you back for next Monday's show if that's alright with you, if that fits your schedule.
2: I would be
1: honored. Thank you. Yes, I would love.
0: I would love to continue this conversation. So why don't we plan on doing that? And uh, in the few seconds we have left, tell folks how they can get your book.
1: Um, my book is on Amazon. You can go to Amazon.com. You look up Sharon Milliman, um, A Song in the Wind, Near Death Experience. It's on Amazon.
0: Very good. That's good. So we'll talk again next week. Um, and uh, I want to thank you for sharing your story with us today. If you, uh, if the audience would like to listen to this again or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. And for more information about the work of IONS and our upcoming conference in Denver, check out that website, iands.org. And tune in next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio with Sharon Milliman. And this is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.